Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Welcome back, Bills fans. This is Jamie D and Big Newt. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He's Big Chris Newton. And let me tell you, Big Newt, that felt more like it, didn't it? That felt good on Sunday. Man, did it, man. I tell you, we got back on the winning ways, man, with Josh Allen. That's what we're going to talk about today. It felt good, man. The win is one thing, but the story is exactly what you mentioned. Josh Allen did not look like 2020 Josh Allen in the first two weeks, and it looks like he is back to the guy we know and love. But before we talk about that, I got to tell you something. What's up? Your influence. Guess what I installed tonight? Can you guess? I bet you I can. Okay, give it to me. A bodet? Yep, I sure did. <laughs> I got the Toto Waterlet with the heated seat, heated water, the air dryer, the fan. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a game changer, huh? I can literally tell you that my ass is living in the lap of luxury now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I tell you, man, it's a, it's a game changer, dude. I don't know why more people don't invest in them. I had actually I did. I have um uh, my best friend and his wife and his pops came up from North Carolina, came to see Jalen's game this weekend, and then you know we went to the game, all came back to the house, and I'm like, you know, I'm showing around the house. This is the first time coming, and so I was like, you know, you can use the bathroom downstairs, and you can go upstairs. You know, <laughs> we got the we got the bodet, we got the you know the good stuff, and they just. You know, most people, especially us African-Americans, we really don't know anything about bodegas and things of that. Well, I mean, you pretty much have to be European. Right. Yeah. And we told you about the story when I first saw it. We was over in Europe with Georgetown Basketball, and they had a, uh, you know, regular toy, and they had a bodeg next to it. And the the girls thought that that was like a baby where you wash the baby or something, like a baby toilet. (laughs) We were like, oh, no, that's a bodeg. So... I think I told that story before, but yeah, man. So I was like, it's a game changer, dude. So you need to get one, man. Listen up, Bill's Mafia. You ain't got a bote, man. You running around here crusty. It'll solve all that. And I, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Keep you nice and moist. Uh, I guarantee you if my wife overheard this, she is disapproving of me talking about something so personal and gross. I'm all for it, man. Yep, she just stuck her head in the room and said, yes, it is gross. (laughs) (laughs) What about hygiene? What about hygiene? Anyway. Anyway. The topic at hand. Josh Allen. Now, there's people out there saying, oh, all the haters... We're hating on Josh Allen. 
Nobody was hating on Josh Allen. Josh Allen just didn't play up to the lofty standards he had set for himself last season through the first two weeks. We talked about why that was happening. He was throwing without his feet under him. He was only throwing to one side of the field. He was staring down his receivers. And guess what? He didn't do any of that stuff this past week. What what does this leave you feeling seeing him seemingly correcting himself? Well, I think that him correcting himself has something to do with it. I also think that it's who we're playing too. All right. Okay. Pittsburgh has a good secondary and they have a good front four. And and this is what I was probably most wrong about is I thought Washington front front four was gonna be more formidable than what they were. And even before uh Josh Allen, man, hats off to the offensive line, dude. I mean no sacks. He had plenty of time to throw the ball, go through his reads, and he was able to set his feet. So, I mean, I, it's kudos to the offensive line. But I think a lot of it has to do with who we play um, the first couple of weeks of the season in Pittsburgh and Miami, who their their strength is – well, Pittsburgh's strength is their defense as a whole, They and especially right. with T.J. Watt. And now T.J. Watt's out, and now they look like a whole different team getting whooped by the Bengals. So yeah, a lot of it has to do with when you play people, because I guarantee if we if we didn't play, if we would have played Pittsburgh ten times now, I guarantee we'll beat them all ten times. So the Washington football team should have a really good defensive line: Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen. Those are all first round picks. They were fantastic last year. Their secondary, led by Landon Collins, is very good. The only real weakness they have on that team is their linebackers. And you saw the Bills throw a lot of short passes, a lot of passes to the tight ends and the running backs to try to get them matched up on the uh, on the linebackers of the football team, and it worked. But then that caused the safeties to come in a little bit, and then Josh Allen was able to throw over their heads. Okay, yeah, they didn't look that good, the pass rush of Washington, but they should be good, shouldn't they? Yeah, I mean, they invested a lot of draft capital in them, and you would have thought, you know, looking at the keys to the game, going to the game, that would be the strength. And I think where they messed up at was they really didn't bliss us a lot. I thought they were they were trying to uh, bring pressure with their front four, like I said, like, like what Pittsburgh did, but it just didn't work, man. Our offensive line, man, we stymied them at a point of attack. And Daryl mm-hmm. Williams, I mean, I don't know what the uh, PFF grade was, but, I mean, the eyeball test showed that he was handling uh, the number two pick in the draft pretty easy. And Cody Ford did himself a very good job as well. You didn't hear his name called really at all. And, you know, that's the key to any offensive lineman's performance is to not know about it. But Josh Allen was 32 out of 43 for 358 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. He had a rushing touchdown. If you have him on your fantasy team, this was a great game. He had a uh, passer rating of 129.8, which is fantastic. And he passed for 74%, over 74%. It really looked like the Josh Allen of last season. And there was some consternation trying to figure out whether or not he was going to be able to get it right. 
and here's the thing, and we talked about this. He's coachable. He's able to make changes on the flight, which is an incredibly athletic thing to be able to do. And you know this from coaching. There's so many kids out there. You tell them what to do. And they understand it intellectually, but they can't make their bodies do it. Right. And that's not exclusive to children. I'm just mentioning it to you because you coach kids these right. days. Right. But it happens with professional athletes too. You see it all the time. They get into slumps, like especially a baseball player or a baseball pitcher. Something in their mechanics change and they can't get it right. Josh Allen can do that. It's To me, it's really impressive. Yeah, I mean, he looked like the MVP that we all know he could play as. And this against, a, uh, well, I'm not going to say a good defense because Washington is not playing good defense right now. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to move the goalposts. They made the playoffs last year. We know they have talent. And uh, Josh Allen, I mean, he just he went back to his winning ways from last year, man. And he he looked remarkable. I mean, it was only one time during the game. I feel like it was a, maybe his first pass. In the first quarter, oh, yeah. he threw it, I think he threw it to the flat to, uh, Singletary. And I'm like, what are you doing? And then after that, it was just cheering the whole time, you know. Yeah. So it, it was unbelievable, man. And it just goes to show what we look like when he plays well. Like, when he plays well, we're a Super Bowl contender. If he would have played like this against Pittsburgh, we would have won. We'd be 3-0, yes. which is fine. You know, if that that like I said, when we took that loss, if that loss is what's going to propel us to greater things, then then that's fine. And we're going to talk about the schedule and the quarterly report cards and all that such after the next game, probably. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just looking at how the things are shaping up, man. I mean, <laughs> I I mean the predictions. I mean, we say thirteen wins, man. I I can see it. We get this, Josh Allen. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Does this appear to be the player that's going to get the Bills to where they want to go? How does this bode for the future? One of the things I want to point out is the way he spread the ball around and in particular involved Cole Beasley, who is really good at moving the sticks. But did anybody going into this game quite realize that Emmanuel Sanders would have almost as many targets as Stefan Diggs? Like, were you expecting that? No way. No? No way. No. And, and and those are the things you look for. I mean, we know that Cole Beasley, I mean, he's the, almost the extension of the running game. Mm-hmm. Like how we hit him in the flats and he turned up field for three, four yards. Those are like jet sweeps, like long sweep plays. So I, I feel like I knew that Cole Beasley would be doing what he's doing, 11 catches, 98 yards. Uh, but he didn't score this weekend. But Manuel Sanders, man, I tell you, man, he looks real sprightly out there. Uh, five catches, 94 yards, and two touchdowns. So, And uh, probably the most impressive throw of the day was the 41-yarder, uh, oh, yeah. I believe, in the second quarter. Man, that was beautiful. That was a beautiful ball in a nice window, man, and, and it was a good pitch and catch. So, I mean, even they talking about it on Good Morning America, how much uh, – that is an upgrade from um, our boy John Brown, man. I tell you, so we we really hit the nail on the head. And then Dawson Knox, man, with the grab of the mm-hmm. day for the touchdown. You know, just before that, talking to your boy Jeff and Jay, 
And we were saying, you know, Dawson Knox passes the eyeball test. He's athletic. He looks like he should be a good player. And sometimes he makes some of the most difficult catches. And almost like the very next play, that happened. And that was a gorgeous catch. The way he sort of pirouetted and spun around to catch a pass that was coming in behind him, that's not easy to do. You can speak to that. Yeah, right? yeah. That is, that was a very difficult catch, man. And that takes talent. And I think we're starting to see the hard work that he put in in, during the offseason. I want to talk about the defensive line. Because after the first two weeks of the season, we talked about how dominant they were. Gregory Rousseau, A.J. Epinesa, they were just wreaking havoc on the offense. And then all of a sudden... The Bills' pass rush went dormant. So what do you attribute that to? Is it that the first two weeks of the season, they played probably the worst two offensive lines in the league, and now they're playing somebody more formidable? Well, I feel like Washington does have a decent offensive line, but I think also it was part of uh, Frazier's game plan because you got to make sure you play disciplined football because it was a lot of times that we were overrunning Heineke, um, and yeah. then uh, he'll step up in the pocket. He was rushing. So when you got a when you got a QB that's able to move like that, you got to be disciplined. You can't just send the house because if you do, he might burn you one on one, or he might find a lane and be running for days. So I I attribute it to uh, who we were playing. Also, not only just the line, but the uh, versatility and the speed of Heineke. Mm-hmm. I sort of feel like there were times when Heineke had the ball behind the line of scrimmage for like five seconds and still wasn't feeling a pass rush. And mm. when he decided to run with the ball, the defensive line was behind him already. Like he had nothing but daylight in front of him. I, I didn't love seeing that. Yeah. I just, just didn't love that, Newt. No, no, no. Um, but we're young. You know, you saw Greg Rousseau got the start and he finished with four tackles and Starla had three tackles, and I think they credited him with a sack also. Um, yes, that's correct. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I if, if you said one thing that was probably the bad part of the day, and I guess it really when you score 43 points and win by 22 points, you really don't criticize, but I guess that will probably be the thing that you notice more. Because I feel like our quarterback position was wonderful. We ran the ball well, and uh, we blocked well. I just think we want to get out to the quarter. Oh, we took the ball away um, also. So, yeah, I mean, you want to see maybe it, – it looks better when you get the sacks, especially when you have uh, my boy up in Cleveland. He had, five, what, five sacks this week? Um, a four and a half, yeah. Four and a half sacks of DN up in Cleveland, man. So you want to see that, you know? Yeah. I, I think the only other downside is kind of nitpicky, but as time goes by, I feel less comfortable with Isaiah McKenzie returning punts. Um, You know, he... He had that play where he let the ball bounce. He, I guess he probably misjudged it, and that became a turnover. He had another one where he fielded the ball at like the five-yard line on a fair catch, and he had room to run. And then there was another time he 
uh, he let it go and it, you know, got down inside the 10 yard line. Sort of like, come on, Isaiah, <laughs> you get better at this. That, it could, it could be a lack of experience, mm-hmm. but you better be careful. Is, what is it? Marquez Stevenson? Yeah. I mean, he's out there. He's, yeah, yeah. he's on the team. Yeah, he has speed to go. I tell you, well, I I know with the snafu on the kickoff return that you're talking about, which was the turnover, um, when you have the sky kick, you have to have good communication with the up back and then the deep man. And so, so what can what, what do you think I like I really want to hear your analysis of what went on there? Well, just watching with the naked eye, it just looked like they it was a sky kick. They probably wasn't expecting it, right? And so now the up the up people, the up back, which is the four people that's in front of the two deep people, mm-hmm. you got to communicate with them. And he ran up on it, thought he could catch it, but then he was like, oh, shoot. And then, like I said, it probably got caught in the sun also. So And mm-hmm. the wind was blowing uh, heavily also. You can see that from the flags on the top. Uh, yeah the television so all those things put together it just uh made for a mess up but my my analysis would be that you got to have good communication in those situations and uh i think it kind of caught him off guard the wind the sun all those put together and that's why it was a turnover so when it comes to communication like what what should have happened you always listen to the back person okay and what would he have said to do he should he should have got it when you look at it, I mean, he should have been the one that got it. So it just think about you're, like, you're in a baseball, right? Okay. So yeah. you got an outfielder running. Let's say if it's a fly ball, hit the left field. And so you got the uh, left fielder running up, and you got the third baseman and the shortstop running backwards, right? So mm-hmm. the outfielder has to be the one that calls off the third baseman on the shortstop because they're running backwards. You're running forward. So yeah. I think it's one of those things where the deep man has to make the call. He should have definitely got it, but I don't think that that's an everyday situation. I know it kind of looks bad because week one we had a black punt, and then this week we had a turnover. Some special teams is something mm-hmm. that you never really want to talk about. And if you're talking about it, it's usually for something bad. I get <laughs> it. Um, but, yeah, he should have been able to call off the up back and tell him to get away. Oh, so he could so, have been like, me, 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 me. Yeah, and, and he should have got there. Okay. Or, but like I said, the wind was blowing. It probably got caught. It was a sky kick and got caught in the Buffalo wind too. Yeah. That is very hard to feel kicks, man. I mean, I know that Andre Roberts made it look seamless all the time, and we yeah. never talk about it, even though I read that he's had two fumbles already this year. Really? Um, yeah. 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 So he's not as sure-handed as he, as he was with Buffalo, but uh, that, it's a difficult thing, man. And so uh, hopefully we won't see any more of that. But And then Isaiah McKenzie. Also, I thought, and I could be wrong, I need to look up the stats. Isn't he one of the league leaders in punt return average right now? Yes, yeah. Have you yeah. seen anything about that? So I think that's wonderful, man. Yeah, you know? That is great. But it feels like an adventure right now. Yeah. I don't like the adventure part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, That's why we need our defense to keep playing at a high level and Josh Allen to keep playing at the level he's playing in because it, it makes up for all the woes, I tell you. And and I said, it's really nitpicky to sort of dwell on that. I just, 
I'm thinking about the things that I want to see cleaned up because I'm, I think like most Bills fans, nervous about what is coming when the Chiefs roll into town. The Chiefs are one and two and mm-hmm. sitting at the bottom of the AFC West. Yes. And despite knowing that, it doesn't matter. I'm scared to death of them. Really? You're still yeah. scared of them? Absolutely. Okay. Right. You know, the uh, the Bills just looked terrible against them twice last year. Yeah, and but this I, year, I think the this Chiefs... is a different Chiefs team. They lost to the Chargers and... Baltimore? 36-35? Yes. Yeah, Baltimore. And they beat the Browns by three. And they really should have lost that game. Probably. Right. But here's the thing. Those are three really good teams that they're playing. And we're a good team. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I'm feeling like the Chiefs are going to turn it on at any second. Like, they lost by a single point. Uh, against the Ravens. The Chargers beat them 30-24. I think the Chargers are probably better than people are giving them credit for. And they lost by, f- well, they beat the Browns by four. That's a tough yeah. schedule. Yeah, but, and then they play the Eagles. <clears throat> They'll play the Eagles this week. They'll probably beat them. They're playing right now against uh against the Cowboys as we're recording. And then they play us. I tell you, we got Houston. I'm totally looking past Houston. We're 17-point early favorites. And I'm looking directly at the Chiefs. And the Chiefs, don't. Mm-hmm. if you look at them, they don't look like the team that uh, like they usually look. They look kind of bad. And Mahomes is throwing stuff up. And, yeah, it just looks like a bunch of – yeah. So, I'm not going to speak it. I'm just saying I, I'm not scared. If so, Josh, once again, if Josh Allen plays like Josh Allen, I I'm going to pick that as a win. Even though the Bills have not shown the ability to cover a tight end, yes, because they if you look at them, they don't look like the regular Chiefs. Okay, that's how I feel. Maybe I'm getting too happy off a win. Maybe I'm drinking too much Kool Aid early on, but <laughs> I I picked us to lose that game. But if they if the Chiefs if the Chiefs don't, I, I can't because the Eagles ain't bad. No, they're not. So, so what? All right, let me ask you this: You know how I love my hypotheticals. What if they lose to the Eagles and come limping in at one and three, and we beat Houston? We're three and one. You still would pick them to beat us. It depends on how they look against the Eagles. It it, it depends. Right now, I'm assuming that the Chiefs are going to win. And they're probably going to win handily because on paper, they're a better team than the Eagles. But if they barely squeak by the Eagles or if the Eagles win, well, I mean, then I might have to reassess. You know they they signed Josh Gordon. Yeah, um, he's not going to be ready to play. Uh, anytime soon it like he's going to sign when he's eligible but he's not going to hit the field in the next two weeks 
And oh. also with Josh Gordon, you may only be signing him for one week. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, but he has had a really hard time with the substance abuse issues. And he was on the Patriots for, it was less than a month, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It went yeah. long. He had a cup of coffee with him. Now, there were people on Twitter asking if the Bills should try to sign him. And I, I believe no, because why? there's only so many footballs to go around. Right. Why? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to shoot, man. I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out how we need to get Gabriel Davis more involved. So let's shift to the game that's coming up, and I have a specific question about that. Okay. Can anything good come from the Texans game? Yes, of course. Tell me what. We can control the game just like we did against Washington, give our fans and give our team a lot of confidence. One thing, NFL, man, one thing I like about this is, and I keep saying the same thing in the broken recorder, when Josh Allen plays well, we whoop teams. And a lot of teams lose to bad teams. The NFL, it happens every week. Oh, yeah. Like, Jacksonville was hanging with the Cardinals for the first half. I'm like, oh, when I don't know if you saw the kid uh, return the uh, the field goal, hundred what, hundred nine yards, I think, returning for a touchdown. I think they went up at the half, and then Arizona came out second half and just blew it open. Mm-hmm. Like bad teams beat good teams all the time. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I mean, I want to smack. I want to feel good. I want to smack. I want to smack Houston. Yeah. And so that'll give us, I feel like that'll give us momentum going into the Kansas City game. And it's going to be on prime time. Oh, my God, yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, yes. So the Bills are going into this game 17-point favorites. That's a huge spread in the NFL. That's like a college spread. Yes. And I love it. The expectation is that the Bills are going to blow them out. And anything less than a blowout is going to be a disappointment. An injury could derail that game. I don't think anything good can come from this. Because if the Bills blow them out and control the game the way you said, everybody's going to say, well, that's what they were supposed to do. And if it's a close game, they're going to say, what the hell is wrong with them? And if a key player gets injured, like Jordan Poyer, who got injured in garbage time, people are going to say, see, why the hell were you playing your good players against such a scrub team? Now, what would be even worse is if it's a close game and the Bills sustain some injuries. I I hate this game. I, I don't think that it's a trap game, but I just... You feel like a lot of bad things can happen versus... Good thing. It's not worth yes. it. Yes. I, I think the possibility for bad things far outweighs the positives that could possibly come of this game, other than it being an on-the-field tune-up. Well, hopefully we jump out on them, and then Mitch Trubisky will get to play for his third game in a row. See, I love those games. Mm-hmm. I love when the backup quarterback gets in, man, especially <laughs> NFL. Oh yeah, I want you know how I love the backup quarterbacks, dude. You know, yeah. so I like it. I mean, I get it. Once again, you're a Bills fan. You you're nervous. You think all oh, the shoes gonna drop at any time. I understand, but 
No, just go ahead, punch them in the mouth, monkey stomp them, hang 40 on them, <laughs> and just let's relax. Just like just like this week. I, you and I was together the Pittsburgh game, right? Yeah. We, we did both, not enjoy that. Right, but I felt like we still were going to win that game. It's just Josh Allen never came around, and mm-hmm. we wound up losing. All right, so then this week, we jump up, what, 21 nothing. Then they score, and then uh, then it was the botch kickoff, and then they score again. So it was 21-14. I still knew that we were going to win. And what I love most about the game is when we got the ball back right before halftime, we went down and got another score. I mm-hmm. love the aggressiveness of that. So hats off. I mean, once again, we talk about energy. Keep the same energy when we knock McDermott. I'm going to give him that same energy when I pat him on the back. I love the aggressiveness. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. And, you know, that game could very well have been, well, it, it very well could have been a shutout had the Bills not had a couple of lapses. I mean, a 74-yard screen pass for a touchdown? Come on. And, oh, by the way, I do want to point out, and this is going to make everybody mad at me, Tremaine Edmonds got blowed the F up. On that screen pass, (laughs) he got hit with a block that sent him backwards four yards. I was like, what the hell is going on? Are are you a grown man on a football field? Like, (laughs) you're a linebacker? He looked like he could have been one of those little nickelbacks like Taron Johnson that got hit. And he just went flying. Damn it, man. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even notice that, man. I think, wow. Was I looking at Mario Addison? Because I was like, oh, dive, dive. And before he really got going, I was like, dive for him. He didn't dive. I think that was Mario Addison in all that play. But I know Zimmer was in. I did notice once he started getting going that Zimmer looked like he was about to pull a hamstring trying to get <laughs> <laughs> I was like, look at Big Zimmer running down the field trying to make a play, man. Oh, and I gotta ha- I gotta give credit where it's due. Heineke baited them so well. He waited so long for that screen he to develop. He and did. The Bills did not sniff that out. Mm-hmm. The blockers got out front beautifully, and they just you know the Bills defense was just not in position on that play. And it was one of those moments where at the end of the play, I was like, "Well, that sucked." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a great play. I tell you, man. But not. But yeah, I just I didn't think that there was going to be a situation where I was worried. I felt good the whole time. I was drinking my Tito's. I was like, <laughs> yeah, they're not going to do anything. And I don't know. Once again, that might have been the Tito's talking, but I was just like, I know they're not going to win this game. They're not going to have enough offense to come back from this, what we're no. going to do to them. So, but I, what, what I do like, man, I like Zach Moss, man. I like him playing more, getting more plays. He getting those carries, and he's running hard, bro. Like, mm-hmm. you in my opinion, you can see the difference between him and Singletary, man. Just I, when you got somebody that runs that hard, it makes the line look so much better. Like it, it, once again, I know I always talk about my Wool Ridge Wildcats, Jalen's team, right? We talk about the offensive line play, but we got our coach puts our offensive tackle, Big Mike. He puts him at running back. And he just bowls over kids. And I'm like, it's the funniest thing ever, dude. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put a clip on Twitter so y'all can see Big Mike. And I'm just like, we rush for like 150 yards every game because nobody wants to tackle this kid. And I'm like, 
if we didn't put Big Mike in running back and just had our running backs, we'd probably be running for maybe 40, 50 yards a game. But instead, anyway, Big Mike's going for 100 yards. Every, 100 yards, week, man, because huh? nobody wants to touch him. He's dragging kids. I'm, I'm going to put it up on Twitter. I'm going to put it up on Twitter. Shout out to Big Mike, man. <laughs> yeah, man. So it makes your line look a lot better, man. It's just, and you, and anyway, I said that to say, like, Zach Moss, you could just tell, man, he, two weeks in a row. And once again, I don't ever want to see him on the active list again. Like, get him going. You can start to see the shift a little bit. We talked about this in the preseason. By the end of the year, I can see Zach Moss starting. Man, he's just too physical. I feel like Singletary should be the change of the change of pace back. Let's let's get Moss the line share. So he had uh he had more plays, I believe. Uh, let me check that. Let me double check my numbers. So Z- yeah, he had forty four plays, and Singletary had thirty four plays. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean. He runs hard, dude. He's, He's also a good hands. blocker, a good receiver. He had 13 carries for 60 yards, 4.6 a carry. Pretty good. Um, Singletary had 11 carries for 26 yards. So that's like 2.1 yards a carry. Mm-hmm. Less than that. It's like two yards a carry, just over two. So it. It really was not an equal performance by them. And there's something about the the definitiveness with which Zach Moss runs. He makes his mind up that he's going one direction, and he, he goes for it. He hits that hole hard. Singletary is shifty side to side, but even late last year, it looked like Moss was the better of the two backs. Now, through the first two weeks of the season, I thought, geez, maybe Singletary's back to where he needs to be. But, yeah, you know, they're going to go with the hot hand. But I think we're going to see Moss be in the hot hand more frequently. I definitely want to see him, man. He's very physical. And like I said, it makes the it makes the offensive line look that much better when he's running that assertive. Mm-hmm. You know. I agree. So, do you have a prediction for the Houston game? Mm, probably some more of the same. 40, 40 to 14, something like that. Somewhere in there. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty lopsided, man. Yeah. I mean, that's what we should we should pretty much dominate them, man. If we don't, it's on us. And I mean, I don't think it's too much of what they're gonna do. It's more of us and whether we're playing coming uh preparing to play. Yeah, well, I mean, they did win in week one, but that was with a veteran quarterback. And now, you know, the Bills are going up against Davis Mills, who, uh, I mean, they're they're one and two. Technically, they're only one game worse than the Bills. Yeah, you you could look at it like that. <laughs> <laughs> they They beat the Jaguars. They lost to the Browns and they got whooped by the Panthers. Yeah. So I I yeah, we should be in and and we're yeah, we're at home. We should be in hang forty on them. I I think so. You know, they, they have a lot of veterans on that team, but that is kind of working against them too, because they you know, like Whitney Merciless may be a little old these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Anyway, I think you're going to see a, a Bills win. I, I think they're going to hang at least 30. And I don't think that a rookie quarterback 
can be successful going up against the Bills defense. I think they're going to be totally confused like Taylor Heineke was, and we could see a a three-interception game. Right. I agree, man. Well, there you have it. What is your take on uh, NFL wildcard weekend? So the league announced this weekend that they're going to have games on Saturday, Sunday, and now a Monday night game, wildcard weekend. So my question is what they're going to do with the the team that wins the the Monday night game. Because no matter how you slice it, they're going to be playing on a short week. If they put the following game on a Sunday for them. Yes. I just think if you play Monday, then you won't play the following Saturday. I think it all but guarantees you're going to play the following Sunday. Right. You know, but we all know it's a business. This is a money-making tool. I can see them putting the best game Monday night to get more eyes on it. Is that, I believe that's Dr. Martin Luther King weekend too, I think. So is that a holiday weekend? I'm not sure. I'm gonna have to check the calendar, but yeah. Anyway, they're gonna uh, they're doing it for money reasons to get more eyeballs on prime time. So, but yeah, they're not gonna make them turn around and play that Saturday. I, you know, this is one of those things that I just don't have any real feelings on. I, you know, people people act like this is, and I've seen some reactions. You would think that this is the biggest issue in their life right now. I, I just really don't have much to say about it. Well, I definitely, as a fan, I mean, I don't want to be waiting a Monday night. I don't want to know my fan. Like, I want to play the first game Saturday. I want to know. (laughs) I want to know now, man. Don't make me wait till Monday. I mean, but I know that we're not going to be playing that weekend anyway. We're going to get the first round by. But, yeah, yeah, we do, man. Let me play Saturday morning with that first noon game, dude. I don't want to be waiting. (laughs) Um, Let me know now. I don't really care. But I hear you. I think you're just more of a diehard than I am. (laughs) Either that or you just experience a lot more anxiety than I do. (laughs) (laughs) I have a lot less life than you, man. Yeah, but, you know, I take drugs for my anxiety, so (laughs) we're not comparing apples to apples. (laughs) Oh, man. Do you have a song for us? Hey, hey, hey. 